<laughs> What's your cat's name? Football. Football? <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, do you watch Adventure Time at all? I don't. I don't watch, like, anything. I never have time. So there's this little computer character named Bimo, and mm -hmm. he, there's an episode where he looks in the mirror, and his reflection is, like, his imaginary friend, and he calls his imaginary friend football. And when you have another cat who is almost identical, um, another tuxedo cat with very similar pattern, and uh -huh. uh, his name is Tux. And uh, so when we got football, we were like, Tux is looking in the mirror at his imaginary friend football. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So good. Um, yeah. So, so some people think it's like because we love sports. Hello and welcome to the Edgy Punks Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Biderman. Well, I'm not your host this week. Uh, Katie's your host this week. Uh-huh. Say hey, Katie. Hey, Katie. God, I knew that was coming. Uh, Katie, this week, has a fantastically explicit conversation. I say that word very intentionally because this is the most <laughs> foul language written episode of the edgy punks podcast yet <laughs> and it's probably because we have a goddamn badass lauren cashin uh from the band sharp tooth chatting with katie ham about all things smashing the patriarchy uh the fun stuff that progressive folks do in the pit and being on tour with progressive bands and stuff, and still confronting a lot of conf uh, conflicting ideologies along the way. It's a fun conversation you had. Why did you want to talk with Lauren? Because I think she's cool. Yeah? <laughs> Is that the only reason? I don't know. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen someone who I've felt has so like represented my identities in the hardcore music scene yeah so like it was really cool to see like in the genre of music drift towards actually mm -hmm. seeing someone who was like me yeah because she's also like tiny and i mean i had red hair for most of my life but i don't anymore but she does so yeah. it was uh, like hey this other Tiny, queer, human, femme, who just will get down in the pit like nobody's business. Yep. And scream her face off. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty tight. It's awesome. You you all probably just heard some, some of the tunes uh, leading into us talking here uh, from the band's new album, Clever Girl. Uh, it's coming out on Pure Noise Records. Uh, which you can get a pre-order of their album, Clever Girl, uh, through purenoise.net. Just purenoise.net. Uh, the album actually comes out this Friday. And you can get all sorts of CDs, vinyl, a whole bunch of merch bundles through their store. 
Uh, Some sick shirts with velociraptors on them. Oh, yeah. You're going to learn a whole lot about Lauren's uh, appreciation for velociraptors, Jurassic Park, Land Before Time, and reptiles in general. Because you found out uh, through the, I guess, the tradition, you know, of our podcast being about daily disruptors, everyday educators. You even learned that Lauren is a, a reptile-like expert. Well, I knew that. I knew she had a degree in herpetology. Yeah. I did not know that she used that to go teach kids about reptiles. Yeah. Yeah. Which is super cool. cool and wonderful to make that connection that people doing education work are also certified badasses. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks to folks... Uh, who've been reaching out about the podcast and following it and uh, uh, retweeting us and sharing the episodes. It's really helpful. Uh, If you're not following us already on Instagram and Twitter, which, I mean, we're still building up those uh, audiences, uh, you can follow us at edupunkspod, E-D-U-P-U-N-X, pod. Uh, you're not going to get to hear too much from me today. That's probably a great thing. But do you have anything else to add before this podcast, Katie? Not that I can think of. No? Cool. Also, they had such a long conversation that you're going to get an extra bonus podcast later in this week uh, where they get into a whole bunch of identity politics stuff, which is great. So that'll be saved for uh, probably Thursday or Friday. And yeah, I think that's all we got for now. Let's get to this conversation with Lauren. Well, I'm here with Lauren Cashin, the vocalist of the band Sharp Tooth, uh, and I don't really want to get too far into it. I kind of just want to let her introduce herself. So, Lauren, want to do that? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm in a band called Sharp Tooth. We're a co-ed, melodic, hardcore band that focuses on a lot of socio-political issues and... Uh, Tax a lot of that in our lyrics and uh, pretty pretty outspoken with our message. So that's kind of what we do. And, and I get on stage and I yell at people and it's fun. <laughs> so there are not many women in the hardcore scene. No. Comparatively, no. <laughs> Comparatively, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, how did you get into hardcore music? Like, how did you find that that was your, your shtick? Well, I was I was pretty heavily involved in like the like the punk scene, particularly like the kind of like artsy indie punk scene when I was in high school because I went to art school. So that was kind of just like what everybody did. And that was like the cool thing to do. Um, So I've been going to shows since I was like 14 years old and I was friendly with some of the people in like the DIY hardcore scene, but it just it didn't wasn't the right time in my life for it. And uh, I I really got into the hardcore scene. My first, like, big hardcore show was in, like, 2009. I think in, like, 2009, 2008 or 9, 
Um, it was every time I die, the Bronx and stick to your guns. And yeah, (laughs) two of them are like, which two of them are like my favorite bands now. And like being at that show. And I, at that time in my life, I was carrying around just a lot of anger. Um, I'd come from a, this is a weird story. Uh, I lived in a cult for a year. (laughs) Yep. I lived in a cult for a year. I lived in a treatment center that was a cult masquerading as a treatment center and so that I got sent to when I was 18 years old and I lived there for a year it was extremely abusive uh it got like cited for like 16 counts of malpractice by the board of psychiatry in Florida like it was a legitimate cult you can can look this place up it was totally fucked anyway um getting back from there and just kind of having to like fumble my way through existing while carrying all of the fucked up trauma and like emotional abuse that they had done to all of us there. I was just walking around with a lot of anger and uh, especially like as a girl, that's not a very socially acceptable uh, thing to be doing. And I was, I was like getting into fights like at bars. Like if a guy talked to me wrong, I'd swing on him, which is very stupid because I'm five feet tall and like a hundred pounds. So like, I'm not fucking up anyone's day. <laughs> so I was I was getting into fights, like, just out in public. And it was, like, the point where it was, like, I'm going to get arrested one of these days. And a uh, guy I was dating at the time, we uh, him and I went to this Every Time I Die show. And it's, like, I walked into this room. And it's, like, all of that fucking noise and rage in my head was suddenly matched by something else. And it was like, I was almost like, you know when you have like two frequencies that cancel each other out? It was like that. It was like my rage was finally met by the rage in this music. And it's like, I could breathe and I could think. And I didn't feel fucking crazy anymore. I was like, oh, people do feel this level of anger. I'm not the only person in the world. I'm not alone. There's all these people around here who clearly are relating to this too. And it was like, I like, as soon as I, as soon as I was there, I felt home and I was like, this is where I need to be. And then it was just like balls to the wall. Like every fucking show that I could find, I was at, it like became like, it became like a thing. I was like, the little redhead mosh girl from Baltimore. Like that was, that was like my fucking identity for years. Like in before, like I was ever in any bands because it was really hard to find people who even wanted a woman in their band. And I'm actually a classically trained vocalist. So. Oh, really? Yeah. I studied opera for four years and musical theater for like 12. So yeah, like I was like, I can clearly fucking sing. Let me be in your goddamn band. Like, I have like, I was like, I have a lot of musical fucking background. Let me, let me do this shit. And uh, I, even like good friends of mine who were in bands who needed vocalists. I distinctly remember um, being told, yeah, but you know, no, we don't really want like a girl singer because we're not trying to do that. Like, that's a thing. Uh. Like. Like, having a, a female-fronted band is a genre. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I was just like, the one of the worst 
parts about that was that I was like, I get it. I understand. And that's so fucked that at any point in my life, that would ever be my response to, we don't want a girl singer. That I was just like, oh, okay, I understand. Like, that's so, that's so fucked. <laughs> I have had a lot of similar conversations. Um, so I, uh, I've been playing music since I was 11. Mm-hmm. And uh, in college, I, um, I ran our music space. So, like, I booked a lot of local shows. And all of my friends were in bands. <laughs> and then, like, yeah. Yeah. oh, hey, you need someone? me like yeah how to play multiple things and I sing and then it was similarly like oh we don't want a girl in our band like we don't want to tour with a girl like you can't tour with a girl I was like this wasn't even like touring bands like so it was like there wasn't even like oh we don't want to have to like live with a girl because we don't know how uh," like type of thing it was just like I'm using the word tour very loosely like they would go on like two week tours (laughs) sure but yeah, I, I really, there was, I was in a band for like, mm, maybe a month, um, because someone finally yeah, yeah. was like, okay, let's do this. And then it, yeah, like I said, it was like a month and then it fell apart. So cool. <laughs> Great. Anyway, so, um, once you did end up like getting into some bands, like how did, how did you end up in Sharptooth? So, uh, I ended up in Sharptooth because my, like, my prior, my previous band, uh, Highest Honor, which mm. was kind of like a fucking, like, pop-punk, hardcore crossover Love it. band. We were essentially a cover band. We were Baltimore's greatest cover band. Our, our cover of Hawthorne Heights is world-renowned. No. <laughs> but, uh, we, uh, so that, that was kind of, like, winding down and, uh. I got asked by Lance, uh, the guitarist for Sharptooth, um, if I wanted to to join another band. And at the time, like Sharptooth was like kind of like a post-punk, like like pop punk type of thing. And I was like, I don't want that's not I was like, the kind of music that I want to play is heavy music because that's that's what resonates with me the most. Um, that's what I've always wanted to write. That's what I enjoy writing the most. And I was like, that's what I want to be doing. So if you want me to be in your band, that's the route that I'm that like I would like to go. So I was kind of like, you know, either if that's not okay with you, then then I'll go my separate way. And they're like, no, that's why we asked you because oh, that's what good. we want to do too. And we know that they're like they knew me like from shows and stuff and like from being like little redhead mosh girl, and they knew. You know, they knew like that I did like music, and they were like, "Yeah, we want to. We want." They specifically wanted to do music that was going in a heavier direction, but they did. The cool thing was that they were like, "We want female representation in our band. We want that perspective because obviously, like a bunch of us are just like dudes, and that's not something that we can offer. And we think that diversity is important. So, like, I was like, "Okay, cool, like." That's awesome. I'm about this life. So, uh, so yeah, that's how I joined Sharptooth. It was almost three years ago. So December of 2014 was when I joined Sharptooth. And uh, within a month, we had, like, three brand new songs written and, like, 
demos recorded and went on like our first like weekend or like tour. I'd never toured in my life. And like within a month we were like balls to the fucking wall. And I was like, this is, this is it. This is what I want to be doing. These are the people I want to be working with. So, uh, yeah. And it's pretty much been like that ever since just like balls to the wall. So or over the wall or whatever you got, it don't matter. Yeah. Um, so we, we like very briefly met at Warp Tour, uh, when I was working at the Safer Scenes tent with War on Women. Yep. And uh, saw you get up on stage with Shauna and just like go super hard. Um, <laughs> and Shauna is like my idol. Uh, she's amazing. She's wonderful. And, uh, Afterward, you were talking with one of the uh, people that I was working with from Safer Scenes Autumn, Mm -hmm. just about, like, the struggle of being a woman in the music scene. Um, And, and of course, I popped in, and I was like, I'm interested. I'm here for this conversation. (laughs) Tell me more. Tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, I should have just, like, made it a little little musical. (laughs) So... What, like, we kind of talked about a little bit, like, some of your struggles getting into a band, but, like, what have you faced now that you're in one and you're doing tours and you're working with all of these other bands, especially, like, when we were on Warp Tour, one of the conversations was just, like, how there are bands who are, you know, being accused of sexual assault and, like, what it's like kind of being in that space. It's, it's a lot. Um, For the most part, the response to us, like, once we get on stage and play, it's typically an extremely favorable response from people of all genders, which is awesome. I think that, like, even regardless of whether or not people agree with what we say or believe in what we believe in, like, it's... I think that if you watch one of our, our sets, it's it's evident that we are very passionate about what we do. And we're also super open to discourse. So it's like, I'll even say, like, when we play, like, fuck you, Donald Trump, I'm like, I'll basically, like, make a joke, like, hey, who in the room hates our fucking president? And, <laughs> and I'm like, and you know, I'm sure there's people in this room who don't. And I would love to understand why. And I'd love to understand the thought process that goes behind this. Because at the end of the day, we're all human beings. And so we all have to get where we're going mentally somehow. And I would love to be able to connect with somebody and figure out how us existing in the same world got to such different conclusions about what matters. And... uh find out if there are things that we are able to to meet on and that we do agree with. Um, so I think that even when we're, like, when people don't agree with us, we played a show a couple weeks ago and a woman came up afterwards and she's like, yeah, I'm a Trump supporter, but, like, I loved a lot of the things you had to say and I agreed with a lot of the things you had to say. And we had, like, a great conversation. And so I believe that when, when we open it up to discourse that there is, that it's, and obviously not for everybody. There's going to be people who tell me that because I'm a woman, that because I'm fucking queer, that because I'm a Jew, they want me dead or whatever. Um, but I, and maybe this is just, I'm a naive optimist. I, I believe, I truly believe that people 
are in are inherently good and i'd like to be able to try to find the good in everybody and be able to make a world where that good can be expressed for everybody so that's kind of like what i'm about we we might be very vehement and very vitriolic but it's for it's for a very positive means and uh yeah for the most part like even like like i said like even like with people who disagree with us like First of all, we're nuts, so it's like, well, you gotta fucking pay attention because I'm this close to your face, the whole set. Um, but, uh, yeah, the response has been generally favorable at our live shows. Obviously, on the internet, you get, like, the worst of the worst. People in, like, comment sections are fucking trash, so. But, like, even more heartening has been people standing up for what's right. Like, that's, it's been amazing getting to watch people, like, mobilize on our behalf and on behalf of our message to to say to dissenters like no we disagree with you this is why this is what this band's about and i'm just like that's so fucking cool like it's it's cool that people are are coming around to to more diversity in music to more inclusiveness in music and yeah it should be a given but just like fucking everything in this country it is a long and slow fucking slog so i uh for the most part, it's been positive. Every once in a while, you deal with, like, horrible shit. I got fucking one of our last... This actually might have been our last Baltimore show. Um, we were finishing our set, and I'm on top of a bar, because that's a thing I do. And <laughs> and uh, I'm finishing the song Clever Girl, which is all, which is all, like, about smashing the patriarchy. And some, like, guy in his, like, 50s from across the bar uh, yells at me, you'd sound better with your shirt off. Uh. Yeah. I spit in his face. <laughs> which, <laughs> which, like, I'm, like, I might be, like, big adrenaline, like, crazy, like, on stage, but, like, most of the time I'm very, like, let's be friends, like, everyone love each other. <laughs> so I've never, outside of, like, a, like, I've been in, like, a couple, like, fights at, like, shows and whatever, just, like, a pit, stupid pit shit, but, like, I've never done anything like that before, but I spit in this guy's face, and, uh, I climbed down off the bar, and I got, like, two inches from him, I said, you will never fucking disrespect me like that again, and he got dragged out, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's horrifying that that kind of misogyny is, like, yeah, would happen like literally during a set that's and during a song that's anti-misogyny i was like okay i guess i'll die like <laughs> like you deal with it because what else do you do you know you deal with it and you tell the people it's unacceptable and the amazing thing was that literally everybody in the venue was like freaking out over it and like supporting us which is that's what feels good is the support. So I try to, I try to focus on that. Yeah, that's been really interesting. I don't know, maybe it has, you know, been around longer than I have noticed because I have not always been like super aware of social justice issues, even though like I should have. I'm from Wisconsin, like mm -hmm. Farmville, Wisconsin. Yeah. So yeah. like I was surrounded just by like a lot of people who never really had to deal with anything other than maybe, like, not having that much money. Sure. And then, like, I experienced a lot of stuff, and that, 
I'm sure, as you are aware, being exposed to trauma, you have to think about it all the time. Absolutely. So then, like, I, of course, am becoming more and more aware of all these social justice issues and then now seeing, and maybe part of it is the internet and people having access to different perspectives and blah, blah, blah. But, like, it seems like over the last few years, there's been such an increase of, like, you know, seeing bands on stage calling out, like, dudes for groping people in the audience or, like, if somebody says something messed up, the security guards will kick them out. Like, I don't, I feel like when I first started going to shows when I was, like, 14, 15, that wasn't as much of a thing. Yeah. And we still, it's, it, it's funny because it's, like, yeah, on the one hand, like, that happens. And then on the other hand, like, there's still so much work to do. I, like... I was telling you about, uh, I went to the Stick to Your Guns record release, and um, during their set, when I, I like, like climbed over people to, like, get the mic, and yeah. as I was coming back down, somebody very clearly, very intentionally grabbed my ass, and it's just the kind of thing where it's like, I have no idea who did it. There's no way for me to know who did it. And there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do about my body being violated in the place where I'm supposed to feel the most safe, which is like at my favorite band show. Like it's and, you know, and like it's interesting because it's like, yeah, that totally it didn't ruin my night because it's like fucked because it didn't ruin my night, which is great. That's great. I still had a fucking incredible night. Um, but it sucks that the reason it didn't is because I'm like, well, yeah, of course that happens. Oh, yeah, like, exactly. Of what course it does. And it's like, of course that happens, and there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do at that moment. Like, what was I going to do? Like, ask who did it? No one's going to fucking own up to that. Like, and then I'm the crazy, and then, you know what it would have been? I would have been the crazy girl screaming that somebody grabbed her ass. And, you know, half the guys there would have been like, well, who fucking cares? Like... And then yeah. the other half would have been like, oh, like, this bitch is just trying to, like, get attention. It's, that's the sick thing, is that I knew that that's, that's how that would have worked out. So, and, you know, there would have been a couple people who would have been, like, indignant, like, who did it? I'm going to find them. But, like, to what end, you know? So, it sucks that that's even a thing I would need to worry about. It sucks that's a thing that anybody would need to worry about. But, yeah the world we live in and it was just kind of like yep oh yeah this is why i'm doing what i do with my band because that's still happening especially at a band like stick to your guns like they're I so know, that's what i was thinking <laughs> i know i'm like they're, they're so progressive they're so they have songs about like domestic violence like they're they're clearly very like femme supportive and inclusive and i'm just like god damn it someone here missed the fucking point but whatever yeah i mean like i yeah, and I feel like the sad thing is, like, I know that that shit has happened to me, too. But, like, I don't, I, like, I can't even pinpoint a time because I'm just, like, it's at, like, every other fucking show. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Like, and it's probably happened at Stick to Your Guns. It's probably happened at Stray from the Path. It's probably happened to any number of bands who, like, speak out against the exact thing that people are there doing. It's, a, it's actually kind of funny, um somewhat related that just made me think of this a friend of mine posted a status yesterday and was like 
you know, shout out to all the, like the fuck boys on like the, sh- the comment section of sharp tooth videos, like hating on them, but who probably jam stick to your guns and stray from the path, but they're just mad a woman saying the same things. And it's like, yep. Yeah. And it's like, uh. and I'm like, dude, every member of those bands would fucking hate those commenters. Like, it's like, <laughs> so yeah, they just, it's saying I'm I'm like I'm not really saying things that are that different, especially like people are like, oh, you're like a feminist band. I'm like, we really only have two songs that are particularly femme centric. The rest of it is like, like no sanctuaries about uh, LGBTQIA people. Um, a bunch of our song like we have songs about the hardcore scene. We have songs about like our government and police brutality and. We have songs about, obviously, the, the president, and we just have a, but then we also just have, like, a lot of, like, yeah, fight for what you believe in, like, type of songs that I think anybody could get behind, regardless of political affiliation. So, it's just kind of like, I'm like, we're, people, you know, people put us in this, like, oh, it's like the super feminist, like, social justice warrior thing, which, by the way, I'm fine with all those labels. yeah. <laughs> I I am a feminist social justice warrior, like, claim that shit, but, like, people, but I'm like, dude, not all, um, a lot of our stuff isn't just, like, women-centric, it's really for everybody, and I think that's the problem with how a lot of people view feminism, is that they think feminism is just girls talking about things, and I'm like, no, feminism is about equality for all people, it's just focusing on the parts that are unequal with, like, fems, huh. So, oh, what do you know? Right? Wow. Okay, we're going to take a quick break from the conversation between Katie and Lauren to bring you a quick ad for my friends at Table Turned. They've opened a new subscription window. So you have time right now over the next two months. You have two months to subscribe to this next set of vinyl record subscription genres that Table Turned is offering. They're offering noise rock, the noise rock genre, with a brand new partnership from Temporary Residence Records, a record label I love and own many records from, Explosions in the Sky, Mono. They're putting out uh, the noise rock. They're listing it as, if you are a fan of Drive Like Jehu, uh, Coliseum, Young Widows, definitely, definitely get the noise rock genre if you're a fan of americana punk like the gaslight anthem social distortion you can pick up the americana punk genre you have just over two months to go to tableturn.com table-turned t-u-r-n-e-d.com to get the subscription you can pay up front 175 dollars straight up up front or you can pay month to month honestly i pay month to month and it works out really well for me every month $15 leaves my account, I get a record sent to me, no shipping, with information about the band, about the album, about the release, and it's in really cool uh, packaging, often very cool colors as well. Uh, I currently have the post-rock one, which you can't really get, but it looks like this noise rock one would come pretty close to it. I might get it. Who knows? Uh, but if you are interested in starting a new month-to-month vinyl subscription, go to table-turned.com and sign up today. Oh, all right. So, Sharptooth is a Land Before Time reference. Yes. You've already talked about 
kind of what Clever Girl as a song is about. Is there any particular reason that you named the album that? I, well, I, I named the song it first. And so, yeah, it's all about like smashing the patriarchy. But I use the, I use the imagery of, of velociraptors just mm-hmm. literally physically eviscerating like these shitty talking heads who who try to like legislate our lives and dictate what we need to do and basically put us basically cage us up and uh i i felt like that theme of of literally a full frontal like vicious feral attack against like the force uh, against like oppressive forces I felt I was like, wow, that's really like kind of the theme of the album. Honestly, I loved and I also loved how the Clever Girl like the, is a Jurassic Park reference. I loved how it goes along with the name Sharptooth. So it's two dinosaur references um, that so I thought that was a nice marriage of two, mm-hmm. of two concepts. And I loved how just in and of itself, just as words like Clever Girl, I love that it's like it presents the album as being like, yeah, this is going to be like an insightful mm-hmm. sociopolitical commentary. Hopefully maybe I, maybe I'm not fucking insightful. Maybe people think I'm a dumbass, but I thought that it is an in-depth sociopolitical commentary from the perspective, from my perspective. And I'm, I am a woman. So, so yeah, I thought it, I just thought that that, title summed up so many things about us as a band us as what we were doing with the album um my perspective like perfectly so as soon as i named the song and like we started picking the songs that we were going to put into the album and putting it together i was like that's the name i'm like that's the fucking album title (laughs) so so how was it nothing we come up with next is going to be that clever so i don't know (laughs) (laughs) Hard to live up to. Seriously. How was it getting picked up by Pure Noise? Fucking random as shit. <laughs> so I was just telling you a couple of minutes ago, Davey from Vanna um, is our manager. And so that story is also tied into the Pure Noise story. So Davey, so Vanna's like finishing up. They're going to have their last show in December. And uh, back in April, um, Davey was looking for since Vanna's going to be done, he's interested in management. So he's looking for bands to manage. And uh, I've been friendly with Vanna for a very long time. I've known Davey for a long time. And uh, he found out that Sharptooth didn't have management. And he was like, him and I started talking. And he's like, would you possibly, he's like, you know, Sharptooth's been super hype recently. Been hearing a lot of good things about you guys. Um, Pitch me, pitch me your band. So I pretty much like over text message pitched Davey who also happens to be like, I'm like, this is like the vocalist of one of my favorite bands. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Like, I'm pitching Sharptooth to to Davey. This is fucking wild. And uh, he was like, I love it. And he's like, I, I, I really love what you guys do, like, message-wise. He's like, I, I see what you're, I get it. He's like, I get it. I want to help you. Would you be interested in having, in like, working with me? And I was like, fuck yeah. Like, uh, we'll talk more about it and like get the band on board. Like he was like, cool, cool. He's like, while I'm at it, would you mind sending me your record? I was like, yeah, sure. I'll send him all the files. He goes, do you mind if I send this to a couple of people? I was like, not at all. 
So this whole conversation happened in the course of like 20 minutes. So I'm at work talking, like texting and calling back and forth with Davey about Sharp Tooth. And then uh, he's like, I'm going to send this to a couple of people. I was like, okay. And I went back to work. I expected him to hit us back up like in like a couple weeks um, or like to hit me back up later that week or something to talk about like what management would look like. And 10, like not even 10 minutes later, he's blowing up my phone frantically. I have the voicemail saved. It's hilarious. He's like, Lauren, Lauren, you got to pick up your phone right now. I have someone who's very interested in the record. I really need to talk to you about this. I was like, what the fuck's going on? And he's like, he's like, I sent the record to uh, the owner of Pure Noise, and he's he's flipping out over you guys. He 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 loves the band and wants to talk to you. I was like, wait, what? So all this happened in like a half hour. Yes. <laughs> so then, I had just given. I had just barely left my band with the idea, like, dude, Davey from Vanna wants to work with us. Holy shit! Like, I just <laughs> talked to the guys about that. And then I'm frantically calling them, being like, guys, guys, Pure Nice is interested in our record. <laughs> like, like, basically, I'm, like, basically calling everybody and being like, look, like, there's no, there's no guarantees right now, but if, if this is what's going on, are you in? And, like, having them be like, we're fucking in, let's do this. And then within a week, uh, he had us on the phone with Pure Noise, and uh, within a month, Almost exactly a month later, we signed, sealed, delivered contracts, everything. So, damn, yeah. that it, went fast. Extremely sudden, extremely fast, and then so we had signed. We got picked up by Davy in April. We'd signed in May, and then we had to sit and wait until the beginning of September to announce any of it. Oh, so wow. We were just like, dying for the entire summer like going on tours and being like we have some crazy stuff happening and we can't tell you anything yay and just feeling like just holding that in and i'm i suck at that i'm so fucking bad at like because i'm such like a blunt i just say what i'm thinking kind of person so it was the it was so it was so hard doing that but then uh yeah, the response that we've gotten like ever since has been amazing. Pure Noise has been amazing. They've backed us so fucking hard and they believe in what we're doing. They've supported like our outspokenness. They've like pushed us like in that direction. Um so like it's actually kind of funny. Uh so Fuck You Donald Trump, our second single that we put out wasn't supposed that that was like our joking around like working title for the song. Um but, like, officially, it was released under the title of Red Lies. Um, that's what it was, like, when we had stuff up um, before Pure Noise, like, picked up the record. When we had stuff up on, like, Spotify, it was on It was on there as Red Lies. And uh, when I sent, uh, when I, we sent Pure Noise the files, it still had the working title, Fuck You, Donald Trump. And uh, when we got on the phone with them, I was like, oh, by the way, that's not, like, that's just, like, a joke, like, you don't really need to worry about that title. The real title is it's, it's red lies. Like the fuck you Donald Trump thing is like, you know, that was just our thing. And he's like, no, 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 no. We want that. I'm like, uh, yeah, you sure there, you sure there guy. And they were like, no, we fucking love that title. That should be the title. And we're like, all right, let's fucking go. <laughs> like, it was like, 
I was like, if you back it, if we don't need to dress it up for you, yeah, we fucking won't. And that they, they picked that song to be a single wouldn't have been necessarily one of my picks just because there's other songs I connect with more. But like, mm-hmm. they were like, yeah, we we love that song. We want it to be a single. And we're like, okay, sick. So we're like, man, they are really they're just not afraid. I think part of it was it was funny because when we released the song, uh they had like hit us up and were like, Yeah, we didn't we weren't prepared for how many conservative people were going to respond on our stuff about that. <laughs> I guess because you figure it's like a hardcore and yeah. punk and pop punk record label. So how many Trump supporters are into our music? More than they thought, I guess. But like <laughs> it was it was eye-opening for them. It was, like, I kind of expected that after I saw, like, what happened to uh, Stray from the Path with uh, the backlash from Goodnight Alt-Right. So I was, the night before we released that song, I messaged Tom from Stray and was like, we're going to drop a song called Fuck You, Donald Trump, tomorrow. And he, I was like, pray for me, fam. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, if it gets hot, call me. He's like, let me know. Like, he's like, you're going to be fine. He's like, I got you. We got you. Don't. You're gonna be fine. He's like, just don't engage with the with the stupid because you yeah. can't. And I was like, that's fair. And we kind of took that approach. We actually, like, we're all, you know, our our band is like so vitriolic and venomous and aggressive. As people, we're all just a bunch of fucking dingle-headed goobers and like nutty, lovey-dovey weirdos, like. We're, the, we're like, the band that spoons together stays together. Like, oh, we love everything. Let's all be cuddle buddies. Like, that's our personality. So mm-hmm. that's how we approach these people. They're like, we're like, okay, you want to hate us? We're just going to, we're just going to give you all of our love and all of our kindness. And what can you do with that? Yeah. Because, yeah. So I just responded to positive comments. The guys just responded positively to negative comments. And we're like, we love you. Here's the link to buy our pre-orders. <laughs> it was great. It was like all right. It ended up being like such a positive experience, which I was so fucking terrified to release that song. <laughs> so well, yeah, I mean that's kind of I mean that's how we started talking. Um, she was mm-hmm. just like, I think it was the day that it was released, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. That like you had been seeing a lot of the tough comments. Yep. And, uh, oh, especially after that, uh, Decibel article came out. That was, yeah. that was what I was, um, commenting on. Cause you had mm-hmm. talked about, like, uh, some identities that I hold being, like, a, a queer woman. Yep. Um, and I honestly, like, have never seen myself represented in music before. So that was fucking cool <laughs> to read that. And of course, that's what I said in the comment. And then, like, 20 minutes later, got a message from you. Yeah. I I literally, I remember reading that in my kitchen. And just, like, I just felt, I just felt, like, very, I don't know, just kind of, like, like under siege, which I had Mm -hmm. expected and was prepared for. But, I mean, there's no way to, like... There's really no way to really prepare for people, like, basically, for people attacking you who don't know you, which Mm -hmm. is, like, scary and weird. And you're like, wait a minute, I feel like I'm this, like, pretty decent person who tries to treat people nicely. 
why are you treating me this way just because you don't agree with my political views? Because, um, yeah, like, people with political views I don't agree with. I usually am, like, I mean, other than, you know, writing a song about it and releasing it on yeah. Pure Noise. Um, <laughs> I, like... I don't know. I try to I try to hear people out and like so I, I can understand why people who felt attacked felt the need to attack back. Um, it was more just like the like the shitty comments that were like just like mean and nasty stuff that I'm like, dude, y'all don't even know us. Like sit down or mm-hmm. like hearing a lot of slurs that were used against us, too, is really mm-hmm. hard. Um, that sucked. Um just a scary it's a scary it's a scary place to be especially like in this world of like mass shootings every other week and yeah. i was just feeling like really afraid and alone and i'm like wondering like is someone going to show up at a sharp tooth show and try to kill me like so it's just like crazy you get like crazy thoughts like that um and then just seeing yeah getting your message and i was like reading it and having you say like your music represents me that meant that was such like a game changer for me mentally because it was like, oh, oh, this is why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not I'm not putting out music just to piss off, you know, Trump supporters or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I'm 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 existing in the world as as a as like a a queer woman and it helps make other queer women feel like they their story is being told and like that's that's like one of the most important things to me. So that was huge for me. I like sat on my kitchen floor and cried. That's something I do a lot. I sit on my kitchen floor and cry because I'm like the <laughs> most sensitive person. <laughs> yeah, I I relate to that a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm soft as fuck. Like I'll beat the <laughs> shit out of you in the pit, but like the like. The other 99% of the time, I'm crying when I'm happy. I'm crying when I'm sad. I'm crying because things are cute. Like, I, <laughs> I cry because I'm my dog. I just, I'm a huge crybaby. It's just, it's great. I love it. I'm very emotive. <laughs> yeah, I think that, yeah, that's fairly similar. I think I'm, like, a little more hard than that. <laughs> Not much. <laughs> it depends on the situation, but. Yeah. There if are, I feel like there are more than, or, there's more than one video of me crying because I saw a cute dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's uh, amazing. I went to Pride Fest in Minneapolis uh, when I was in grad school in like 2013, 2014. And they had a doggy drag show. <gasps> I cried the entire thing. <laughs> it was I think that, that's amazing. the noise I just make for the entire no- time. Someone would have to just like cover my mouth because I'd literally be going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mine's just like really high pitched, and then when I can't breathe anymore, I just like cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's great! I back that so much. Honestly, yes. it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. That's amazing. And, uh, I don't know if you've ever been in Boston during Halloween time, but they do a doggy costume contest. In no, I haven't. That's amazing. And it is so good. Sometimes Holy there's cats too, but obviously cats are not normally that stoked about leaving the house. Um, Bring my lizards. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be so great. Uh, I have a stick to your gun shirt for my big lizard. I shit you not. <laughs> I, yep. <laughs> what? Yep, because that's me. I need to. I need to send that to them one day. Picture you that be like. Yes, by the way, should. I hope they put it like in their album notes of their next album. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to see that. Sharp tooth with her weird lizard. <laughs> yeah. I when I lived it. in Milwaukee, there was a a man who walked his lizard on the leash down the street, and I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do with this information. I have a leash for my lizard, and I have a harness. <laughs> But he does not fuck with the outdoors. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we tried it. He lost his goddamn mind and ran under a trash can. And oh, I was just like, buddy. like, yeah, I was like, poor baby. He's <laughs> very upset. I'm not going to subject him to that anymore. But he's like really well trained. He'll follow you, which is dope. <laughs> but just doesn't, won't do, don't put him outside. <laughs> I feel like this is like a huge tangent. I have so many questions about reptiles. Do you ever Go like, for it. I hear that there's a, like, I, it's probably like some urban legend thing, but you know how snakes like measure? No, not a thing. Not a thing? That's what I was no, like, it has to be an urban legend, shit. but I was just like imagining you like laying in bed and your snake is like, can I eat her yet? <laughs> no, snakes don't, snakes don't plan. Like, come on. It's so funny because, like, when I say that to people, they're like, oh, that does make sense. I'm like, yeah, dude, snakes don't plant. Snakes are ambush predators. And that just means that okay. in the wild, they just sit and they wait for something to walk by. And they're like, oh, a food. And they grab it. <laughs> they don't they don't plot or plan or wait for anything, um, especially not in the wild. It wouldn't serve them um, to have that mentality be like, oh, I'm going to wait for something else. It's like, no, you can. Yeah. If, you don't, if you don't eat what's in front of you, you can fucking die. And they know what's food, and they know what's not food, and they know... That makes sense. Even, like, big snakes, like, my... I The snake back here, she's... Hi, pumpkin. You want to come out? She's very, she's very pissy right now because she's shedding. Um, but she's about eight feet long, and uh, sweet. Very, very sweet. Loves hanging out with people. Very curious. Um, but, like, her face is only about... Like, she's eight feet long, but her face is only, like that big mm -hmm. she would not be able to fit her mouth over my head let alone my body yeah and they could know that they they're like oh a people is a people we're mm -hmm. they're more likely to think we're a predator than their prey yeah that um, makes sense so so yeah any reptile questions i'm so happy to answer that's like that's literally my my day job is the reptile lady so yeah what made you want to do that like how, how I, did you decide to go to school for that um i'm a fucking weirdo um i uh i always loved i always loved animals i always loved reptiles in particular i've i guess I, i've always been kind of like the i like i like the underdogs and i like the misunderstood and maybe that's yeah. also what's made a hardcore um because I, I i think that there i think there's beauty in things that people don't understand they just haven't seen it yet um so I had like reptiles when I was like growing up as a kid. I had like geckos and like when I got into college, um, I actually started college as a theater major and I was just miserable at my school. Like I didn't like the school I was at and I didn't like their theater program. And I would skip school to go, <laughs> I would skip like cut my classes to go hang out at like the pet store and like play with their snakes. And I was like, I was like, wait a minute, I'm just like, literally, I'm cutting class to go learn about other things. So why don't I just take classes that'll teach me about these other, these animals. So I, uh, I dropped out of school, um, worked at a, at a fish and reptile store for a year, and then went back to school, um, 
to study zoology and to work pr primarily with reptiles. So that's that's what I do now. And the fun thing I get to do now is that I'm I work as an environmental educator. So mm -hmm. I don't just sit in a room with fucking lizards all day. Cause that <laughs> much as I love lizards, they're not much to talk to, and I'm a talker. So. Mm -hmm. I, I work as an environmental educator and I take animals to schools and libraries and do like, remember like, did you ever like have like at school, like the people who came with the giant snakes and did like the assembly with them and like, or like the alligators or animals. That's what I do. So I take the giant I never had that, but that sounds pretty sick. <laughs> I remembered when we were like, when I was a kid, I remember they had like somebody who did something yeah. similar to that. That brought like birds or something, but like. But yeah, I do that. I bring like alligators and lizards and snakes and all kinds and like tarantulas to the school. And I teach and I teach kids about like all different kinds of animal related stuff. And it's really fun. It's great. And uh, so, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Good connection, because this uh, like the tagline of this podcast is like everyday educators and daily disruptors. Hooray. So, there you go. That fits. Yeah, I'm literally an environmental educator. That's super so. cool. Tangent worked out pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> I think last thing before we go to lightning round. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh. If you could tell, you know, any anyone who has, like, your similar identities or, like, anyone who might be struggling, something, like, maybe what you needed when you were a kid. What would you, what would you say? What I needed to hear when I was a kid. Just do you. Just fucking do you, boo-boo. Like, like. <laughs> whatever, whatever that looks like at whatever time. And, like, I feel like the, like, the way we are and the way we present and the things that we connect to the most, like, in the world and, like, the things that we align with are going to change like throughout like our entire lives. Don't, I guess just do you, but don't be afraid of, of change. I feel like that's kind of, yeah. Do you live your truth, live your fucking truth because anything else, why like anything? Well, it's like, yeah, anything else is it's why. And it's not yours. You're living someone else's life. Live your life, I guess. There you go. Live your life. You do you. Yes, you do you. <laughs> okay, now it's time for our music break of the episode. Time to play you a full track from the new Sharp Tooth album, Clever Girl, which comes out this Friday through Pure Noise Records. Go to purenoise.net to learn more about the label and about Sharp Tooth and all the other releases they got coming up. And if you want to get a copy of this album, if you like what you hear, go to sharptooth.merchnow.com and pick up all sorts of vinyl uh, variants. They got some CDs. They got some kick-ass shirts and some hoodies. You can get all sorts of bundles. It's a great deal. Check it out. Here we go. No Sanctuary from Shark Tooth. Cause 
Alright, if you liked what you heard, check out the new album Clever Girl from Sharp Tooth. It comes out this Friday through Pure Noise Records. Go to sharptooth.merchnow.com to get some physical or digital copies or go to purenoise.net to learn more. Now, let's wrap up this conversation with Katie and Lauren. Kicking off this flash round. Okay. So we've already touched a bit on the fact that you have a degree in herpetology. Yes. What's your favorite animal? Oh, Velociraptor. <laughs> All right. <laughs> favorite color? Red. We've already talked about how that you don't watch very many TV shows or movies. Yep. But since we've already talked a little bit about Rick and Morty, what's your favorite character from Rick and Morty? Oh, my God. Uh, Mr. Poopy Butthole. <laughs> Wonderful. Mine is Scary Terry. Huh, yeah. <laughs> and the guy uh, the guy who goes, Little Bits. That's my other yeah. favorite. My little other Bits. Favorite. Yeah. Sometimes yes. Craig just does that in my ear randomly. Good. Good. It's always so ridiculous. Um, favorite book? Oh. All time and current. All time and current. Shit. I have so many. I read so much. Uh, the Harry Potter series is a long-time favorite. I've been through that series. I shit you not. Fun fact. Um, I listen to them on audiobooks. And uh, I've read them all, obviously, multiple yeah. times. But I've been listening to them on audiobook. It started out with the cassette tapes. And then I graduated to the CDs. And then... That, so that tells you how long ago I started listening I to know, these No, I was going to say, I didn't even know they released those on cassette tapes. Cassette. Tapes. Did you have to carry like twenty cassette tapes yes. at a time? Yes, it yes. came. It was like a, like a fucking, fucking box. box that was like a yeah. Brick. And I just walked around with that with my tape player. Um, and then I graduated to MP3s. I have an iPod that's exclusively for the Harry Potter books on on my iPod. I've listened to the series, the entire series, I over a hundred and twenty times. Holy. <laughs> So I have entire, I, if you have a Harry Potter book sitting around and read me a quote, any quote from any character, preferably more than three words, but I can do two word quotes. I can tell you who said it, who they're talking to, what the quote is about. Like I, it's my friends right. and I call it the Harry Potter game. It's fucked up. I, I accidentally memorized the series. So <laughs> Harry Potter is amazing. Uh, the Gone series by Michael Grant is amazing. If you <laughs> like, um, if you like kind of like young adult uh, dystopian shit. Totally. Um, yeah. The, the the Gone series by Michael Grant is incredible. It makes the Hunger Games look like kittens frolicking through wildflowers. It's fucked up. It's real good, but it's fucked up. All right. And I just finished the other day. I just finished uh, The Circle. Which oh, includes. I just read that a few months ago. I loved it. I thought it was really, really interesting. So, yeah, I'm always reading something. So that's that was a fun question for me. I think that... Good. Oh, and Animorphs, the Animorphs series. I'm going to show you something. That you makes know. sense. <laughs> makes sense. So you see these towers right here? Yes. Yeah. These are filled with every Animorphs book <laughs> ever <laughs> in this series. There's over 60 of them. That's what's in those towers over there is the entire Animorph series. So those are... Do you are, still reread them? Yes, I do. I am due for a reread. I've been through it about four times because there's over 60 books. So it takes, a, it takes yeah. usually 
me like a couple months to get through it. Um, but yeah, I'm due for a reread. I haven't reread them since like 2013. So that's kind of how I am with the Goosebumps series. I have a yes! bunch of those. That's fantastic. Um, do you listen to podcasts at all? I do, I do a little bit. Um, so I dabble. So yes. Do you have a favorite one of what you have dabbled in? Um, probably lead singer syndrome because I'm a narcissistic fuck. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I love getting to tap into the, the brains of the yeah. other vocalists I love. Um, I'll have to love check that, that out. I haven't listened to it. I've heard of it though. It's great. It's great. Um, yeah. Have you read uh, Scale? I have not yet, but I was just going to tell you, listen to the Keith Buckley episode on lead singer syndrome. It's awesome. amazing. I have Scale. I haven't read it yet. I will get to it. I have I, I have about 500 books. I I read depending on my mood, and if I'm in a dark place, I can't read dark books. Um, I that makes to. sense. So I've been trying to stick. Um, That's interesting yeah. that anger would lead to angry music, but does sad lead to sad music, or does sad lead to I have to listen to happy music because otherwise I'm going to get real depressed? Well, books are different because for me, music is a manifestation of my feelings. It's my okay. form of exploring my feelings and expressing them, even if it's not through my, even if it's not my own music. But yeah. books are very much an escape for me. So I want to go on somebody else's adventure. And if I'm in a dark place, I don't want to be going on a dark adventure. I want to do, I want to go on some weird fantasy thing. If I'm in a if I'm in a positive place, I can go to dark fucked up places in books. Like, but if I'm if I'm having like a, a tougher time, winter, I have like I have some seasonal depression. Um it's mm. well managed, but I in winter I try to keep it light because literal darkness makes things harder. So Yeah. That's kind of that's how I am with music. Like when I'm sad, I have to listen to pop punk because I'm just like I need to feel happiness, and that's what gives it to me. Yeah. Can't yeah. do sad music when I'm sad. But, like, no one else relates to that. I don't know. I haven't found anyone else. If you're listening to this and you also can't listen to sad music when you're sad, tell me. Uh, do you have a favorite food or meal? I love cheese. <laughs> yes! That's my favorite food and meal. It's just Good. cheese. No, I'm from I... Wisconsin, so that's, like, also... <laughs> Number one, cheese. That's amazing. I love, yeah, pretty much anything with cheese. Grilled cheese is a huge favorite. Uh, macaroni and cheese. Literally anything with cheese. I love cheese so much that for my birthday, a good friend of mine literally bought me like just like four blocks of fucking cheese because he's like, this is what you want. And I'm like, it is what I want. I want <laughs> cheese. You just eat it straight off the block? Yes. I'm a, I guess. As you should. <laughs> Favorite band and or album by that band? Uh, Diamond by Stick to Your Guns. Hey! Nice! <laughs> Diamond changed my fucking life. Stick to Your Guns changed my life. Um, they are... What they do with their music and their activism and their, their insight into the human condition has, has fundamentally changed the way that I approach being a musician. Um existing just in the world like 
I like, uh, this is probably cringy, but whatever. Like I quote, stick to your guns. Like people quote the Bible. I'm like, no, <laughs> but in this song, Jesse doth said, no, <laughs> your commandments are just stick to your guns quotes. Half my tattoos are like stick to your guns tattoos. Like I, that band, like I have my, can you see? Here we go. Yeah. I have the, Oh yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting give on my knuckles with the, with the, um, better ash than dust. eye. um, Mm -hmm. that, that band changed who I am as a person. And I, I owe everything that I do in music and like just in my, my life and the way that I relate to others and connect to others, uh, particularly to that record, that record was mind blowing for me. Um, Especially, I like one of the things that like really like fucked me up on that record was hearing uh, "Life in a Box," which is mm-hmm. the the song about like homophobia. And I never in my life heard a heard a hardcore band talk talk about homophobia. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm sure that I'm sure it's a thing that certainly yeah, it's probably out there. Yeah, but like that, I was like, holy shit, this is a this is about me. This is this is about like my issues fuck that was like that was amazing that was amazing for me so yeah so yeah stick your guns similar i think i had a similar connection with both that album and with um a lot of stuff by the wonder years Mm -hmm. that was like the first pop punk band that i felt like was actually talking about something yeah. Also really love that album. Yeah. It's it's an unbelievable album. Close second would be Hot Damn by Every Time I Die. My first tattoo is from Ebola Rama. Shut the fuck up. That's my favorite song on that album. What is yeah. the tattoo? It just says this is passion. I like if I was gonna get an Ebola Rama tattoo, that's what it would be. But I have I don't have an Ebola Rama tattoo. You, yeah, you have hot damn it. right here. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I've got. So Dope. thanks for talking to me. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. This was such a great conversation. All right. Well, there you have it. Another episode done. Katie did another kick-ass job having a great conversation with another badass in the world. How do you think uh, your, your episode two went, Katie? This time around. Um, well, I had no shortage of things to talk about. <laughs> Clearly, since, again, <laughs> you're all going to get another 25 minutes later this week of Lauren and Katie. Yeah. So I think that, I think it went well. And I we mean, we ended up talking to her for another half hour even after you guys were done recording. <laughs> yeah. That is a thing that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt good about it. Yeah. I think you did great. You did great in your first one. You did great in this one. Uh, I'm excited to see who you picked to interview next next month. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I guess we will have to wait and see. For those of you who enjoyed the sounds you heard today, please go to purenoise.net to check out more uh, bands from Pure Noise Records. You can also get all sorts of information on the new Sharp Tooth album by going to sharptooth.merchnow.com uh, so you can get 
some CDs, some records, some digital copies, some kick-ass shirts, hoodies, all sorts of bundles. You can get... They have some really cool vinyl variants. Holy crap, I'm actually looking at this black and ox blood with gold splatter. That looks baller. Might have to get that. Dang, that looks sick. Thought about getting it with the long sleeve t-shirt pack because I want it. Then do it. <laughs> look, like, look, we're already like looking at these bundles. Looks like Katie's gonna get get themselves a get themselves a bundle for us for themselves and the record going into our shelves. As you all heard a couple weeks ago, I we collect some records. A little it's bit. It's mostly Craig. It's mostly me. <laughs> But yeah, this is pretty sick. Uh, also, yeah, yeah. Sharptooth is going on a nationwide tour with uh, Straight From The Path and Anti-Flag. Yeah! So if that hits anywhere near you, you should go to it because the show is going to be kick-ass. And throw down in the pit. You know Lauren will be in there with them. Going to town. Teaching bros to not fuck with chicks, you know? Yeah, chicks can throw down in the pit too. Yep. More advocacy for femmes and hardcore. Am I wrong? Not on that. No, I'm not. <laughs> I love hearing that. It makes me feel great. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are interested in starting a monthly vinyl subscription, go to table-turn.com. You've got two months so that you can get into either the noise rock genre subscription or the Americana punk uh, get sign up now. Well, I don't know what you're waiting for. You can either pay up front uh, the whole year or you can pay $15 a month or I think it's $17 a month, uh, whatever that comes out to be. Um, pay monthly if that works out better for you. Whatever, whatever works. Get, go to Table Turn. They're great people. Support them. All right, so you can uh, find out more about Sharptooth. Again, sharptooth.merchnow.com, purenoise.net. You can also uh, hear uh, hear from Katie and I. Go to at Katie Ham on Twitter and Instagram. That's how you get Katie Ham. Uh, you can find me at Craig Bidedman. You can follow us at edu punx pod edupunks pod. I think that's all we got. Uh, also follow Sharptooth uh, and Lauren um, on Instagram. Uh, you can find Sharptooth at Sharptooth. MD. Mm-hmm. Maryland. Maryland, because they're from Baltimore. Be more. Uh, and Lawrence is Cashin Claus. K A S H A N C L A W S. On Insta. On Insta. Give him some follows. Give him some love. Some Velociraptor Claws. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. All right, that's all we got. Thanks for listening. Till next time, let's get to work. Wait for
Talk no shit.